Hey, everybody. This is this week's edition of Breaking Down the Doors. I'm Mike Organ, and as always, I have our Vanderbilt beat writer, Adam Sparks, here. And this week, we've got our columnist, Gentry Estes, here. This week, we are speaking about something Vanderbilt recently released called an Athletic Strategic Plan. Released it last week, and it made some people angry. Is it fair to be angry that Vandy has a plan? Or was that just simply a PR gaffe that people should move on from? Either way, should we give Vandy the benefit of the doubt? All right, so let me explain quickly what the athletic strategic plan is. Please Uh, do. (laughs) Basically, Vandy, uh, Vandy planned over close to a year under the previous AD Malcolm Turner that there would be an a plan, then another plan, then another plan, then there were some decent things done after that. And this is the first big bucket plan, as they say. Malcolm Turner was forced to resign about a month ago. Candace Story Lee took over as interim AD, and she rolled out what was created essentially by a consulting firm under Malcolm Turner, and that is the athletic strategic plan. How much did that cost? That's a good question. However uh, much it was, it was too much. Yes. I mean, it was so... So a consulting firm did this, and if anybody hasn't read it, I invite you to read it. It's a wonderful read. It's, it really is. For it to be something that sounds so boring and mind-numbing, it's it's uh, entertaining. It's 17 pages. <laughs> it's 17 pages. I initially was told, and Malcolm kind of said this before he left, that they would come out with a kind of an outline. This is kind of our plan. It's their outline, and then we're going to get into more stuff later. Mike, you and I were having a little bit of fun with the language in it. Uh, it is English. Uh, it's not the English that most people speak, but it's English. I was on Paul Feinbaum's show the other day, and I explained it as the use of verbs that comfort. <laughs> Maximize full potential. Yes. Ensure resources. This is, this is real stuff from the Athletic Strategic Place. Sustain a winning organization. Deepen our community impact. Deepen, sustain, ensure, maximize. I mean, these are just—it's a thesaurus, right? Find me words that make me feel good. Sprinkle student athlete around that. Deliver preeminent student athlete experience. Whoa! Now repeat that one. I'm going to deliver preeminent student athlete experience. Now I challenge you to find a school in the country that doesn't uh, strive to deliver preeminent student athlete experience. So they want a good experience. They want, yes, yes. Yeah, so now we know. Yeah, no, we didn't before, but we do We do now. <laughs> Make no mistake, if you didn't know before, sustain a winning organization for employees of the Vanderbilt Athletics Department. Okay, sustain, you got a football program that's at the bottom of the SEC, a men's basketball program that it's an all-time low Women's basketball that's just floundering. I don't know that you're sustaining a winning organization. I think you need to build one first and then sustain. And you need to say how you're going to build exactly. One. If this is the big bucket, and there wasn't a lot in it, this was, uh, you know, I mean, we talked about it could have been a PR gaffe that you do shrug off, and sure, it could be harmless enough because it. But at the same time, this had been built to. We'd heard a lot about this big plan that Vanderbilt was going to present, and I think they probably felt some pressure to go ahead and release it because what they released was not a plan. It well, was, it was just a bunch of it's amazing. Jar- kind of a mission statement. Jargon. Yeah, yeah. Seventeen-page mission statement. Yes. Yeah. It, yes. The uh, okay. So, Gentry, you and I were talking about this because the other day I put up a, a story on Tennessean.com about it, and then. I mean, full disclosure, we, you and I talked about maybe there won't be a column on this, and then later in the day, you read the whole thing and then thought, 
wow, this, <laughs> this needs a little bit of criticism. Well, at first you want to, for one thing, they didn't release their master's facilities plan. All caps on that too, you understand. Right. You know, it's coming is, later. We've got to wait on that. Different, different consulting firm working on that one. So, I, my, my, so my first thought was you give them... I guess the benefit of the doubt, because the the, the real what people really want to know is going to be in that facilities plan. Um, but then you read it, and it's yeah, it it's they it was just so self congratulatory, and the the fact that they cited surveys and and all this research and and things that they had done to come up with common sense. It's every it's anything any athletic department would do. There were so few substantial ideas in that that it, it really was almost laughable. And but both of you guys said PR gaff and I, and I think this is a reasonable take is that if people are frustrated and angry by this and their their level of anger is at a 10, I don't think that's fair. A, a 5, a 6. I do, this I don't think this is a. I'm pulling my money know, out. Adam, if I'm, I'm not buying tickets anymore. I don't think it's to that extent. If you, if you're begging, waiting, pleading for an explanation, and this is what you get, and you're giving a lot of money out there, can you not be angry? Let me before we move on. I, I want let, let's have Vanderbilt have their say here. It's Candace Story Lee, the interim AD, who inherited this. She was the number two under Malcolm Turner, but she inherited this plan. And she's the one that rolled it out, and we asked her, Gentry and I were at the media availability the other day, why did you do this? What's the point of this thing? And this is the answer from interim AD Candace Story Lee. Today was meant to articulate very high-level priorities, so I've tried to be consistent about that, that it was simply to come out with big bucket items. So we do have some enabling actions, some action steps that are, are a bit fluid that we're working towards that we will then publicize. So, you know, our thought is that this is going to be a living document that people will be able to get on a, a website and see everything that we're doing. And along the way, we will publicize. So I think I just I really, really did want to stress for the last three weeks and especially today, first step. So I think a lot of people may be thinking of this as the end of a journey. And like I told our staff today, this is just the beginning. So now, you know, we've relied on the consultants to really help us with peer information and all the the survey data and the interviews but now you know they helped us distill the themes now it's about actually putting things into motion i would say in terms of a timeline i mean that is like a everyday living thing so you're going to start to see teased out very very soon you know i i have tried to to be clear from the beginning that i want to be an effective communicator and i want to be transparent and so an important part of that, and I think we've been criticized for that in the past, we being Vanderbilt Athletics, I think it's really important that we've done our due diligence and that we're very clear when we put something out. So we're going to put out things that we are going to do. And so the idea behind a strategy too, right, this wasn't an action plan today, it was a strategy. It increases accountability both internally and externally. That's what we want. It allows us internally to speak with a specific language to hold one another accountable. I mean, if nothing else, I thought talking about the strategy today was critically important for our staff. So nothing revolutionary there, right? Like, we're an athletics department. We're a Power 5 athletics department, and we're working on the things that most, if not all, athletics departments are working on. But it's important for us to distill it into buckets that everybody who's associated with us can speak to. And then in turn, we can hold each other accountable. And in turn, Commodore Nation can hold us accountable. So there's a few few things that I want to point out there, but but what jumps out to me the most is her line 
that said this will increase accountability internally and externally so that we can hold each other accountable and so that Commodore Nation can hold us accountable. What she's saying there is now you can read this, and so this is a five-year plan. Five years from now, you can look back and say, did they do what they said they were going to do? Now, I would say, did you deepen your community impact? Did you maximize your full potential? You see, when you have and in fluffy, year six, are you still going to want to do that? That's right. Do you really? Do you really want to insure resources? I don't know if you do I or mean, not. I think one was recruiting well. You know, leveraging the success of the city and the campus to the, get to get the best. Leveraging. That's right. But yeah. in year six, you know, maybe not, y'all. It's uh, it's just it, when you have such fluffy, flowery language like that. Hold accountable to what? What is it? You can summarize this seventeen-page thing in saying. Our goal is to do better. Yeah. Right. That's what it is. Our goal is to do better. Because if you break it down, 17 pages in like three or four sentences, it's sell more tickets, grow fan base, win more games. I love the one, Gentry, that you and I talked about the other day. Oh, hire, hire good coaches or whatever. Pretty much, yeah. Coaches yeah. that can maximize yeah. whatever. Because before this, we were hiring subpar coaches. But now. But now that's right. Yeah, page 13. Day one. Yeah, page now. 13 says hire good coaches. So from this point forward, I mean, we're, we're knocking it quite a bit. But come on, I, 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 was, I was a little surprised by the fact that they thought this would be a really good thing for people to see. If it was short, I think it would have been fine. The fact that so much time and expense was put into having such an enormous thing that said nothing, I think, was a problem. What has been the reaction from Vanderbilt since you've been over there from receiving negative response, uh, uh, people just, uh, you know, uh, amazed that this is what came out? What has been the response from Vanderbilt from the uh, negativity that's come from the response? Well, I mean, um, I'll say this, and Gentry, you can probably speak on this more because I think you're the one that said it to me the other day. There, I thought there was a positive in the fact that Candace Lee came out and actually addressed it, made herself available to the media. The answers, you know, maybe weren't phenomenal, but she did speak on it. In the past, a lot of times Vanderbilt would just stick their head in the sand and not even do interviews for a month at a time. But I thought that was a positive at least. It was. I mean, she that the night it came out, she made herself available at the basketball game. And we, I, I don't know if it's her fault, but she just didn't have a lot of substantive answers in what she was saying either. There was a lot of, in so many words, trust me, you know, we're going to get things done and, you know, that's fine, but you're still not telling people how you're going to do it. It's just that this was a waste of, uh, I don't understand why they wanted to put this out now with so little substance in it. I don't know who they thought this was going to impress. She said one thing though, that, uh, brought that stirred up a little bit on uh, Twitter that I'd like for both of you guys to either defend her or whatever. When she said, you can only hold me accountable for the last three weeks. That's a somewhat fair. Um, she was the number two. And now previous to that, she's been there for 20 years. Well, in a story I had in Tennessee and, uh, dot com not long ago, she, before all this, she made the point that, when you're the number two, especially her being from a military family, is the way she put it, you follow the orders of your superiors, and then when you're in charge, you can do things the way you want to be done. And she was the AD for for three weeks, the interim AD. I, I do think there. I think it's she is suffering, and the athletic department is suffering even more in this from the fact that the Malcolm Turner thing did not work. 
because essentially what this was, and I, I had conversations with Malcolm about this, you know, he wanted to do a listening tour. That's the way he put it. He wanted to go, just learn everything. He liked to jump into situations, just educate me on Vanderbilt, what problems are, what resources there are, and then after that, I'll know what to do. Well, these consulting firms were meant to educate Malcolm Turner. And so he, sp- he got one consulting firm to educate him through surveys and interviews and all these sort of things. And then he got another one to do a facilities audit. And, you know, you could have just walked around to anybody, Candace including, say, hey, what's up with their facilities? Or go to a fan or go to one of us, you know, what's up with the facilities? Well, the stadium's old, locker rooms are old, Memorial Gym is old, uh, Horrible the, fan experience at the football games. Uh, not much needs, better. Needs some chair game. back seats. Right. The uh, the left field facility for baseball is phenomenal. You may <laughs> want to go talk to the head coach about how that <laughs> happened. But you know, I mean, you're somebody was a lot of people were paid to educate Malcolm Turner on the situation, and then he was pushed out the door. And now you're releasing the report that was given to him on his education. So when the fans read that, they say, well, I, don't, I didn't need to know that you need to grow the fan base or sell tickets or, or win. I already knew that. Why was the last year spent doing that? So I think Candace is suffering from that, that she's rolling out something that she already knew and everybody else knew. That was used to educate Malcolm Turner. Malcolm Turner is no longer in school to learn that, so to speak. And I could think, they not have, excuse me, could, you, could they not have just not uh, rolled it out? Well, that you was know, your since, question, since Gentry, was wasn't it? Yeah, and wouldn't that have been better? She said that uh, the, the February time frame was always set, and we didn't want to be sitting there and people going, "Where's the plan? Where's the plan?" Adam, I don't know if you would have been like, "Where's the plan?" I don't think I would have been, Mike. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anybody was just pounding their fists on the table going, "Plan," but I, I, I do think there's some truth to her inheriting that a lot from Malcolm. Uh, but, I don't hold her that responsible for this if there is a gaffe, and I think to some, some extent it is. The gaffe is releasing it when it's not ready. I, I think that – and I think because of what happened with Malcolm, it, it makes it worse in terms of the frustration of the fan base and the perception because you have a lot of people out there who, who aren't happy and are, or want something done, and this was going to be a way for Vanderbilt to grab the microphone and say, okay, no, we got it. Here's what we're going to do. And instead, it was just nonsense, really. I, I was thinking about this the other day, and how this is very – the academia is rampant over there. Yes. Both for good and bad. And I was trying to think of this analogy the other day. I'm very analytical. My child is very analytical. I have a 17-year-old daughter. So when I give her a job, I leave for work, and one of her chores are, you got you to clean the house. Well, I'm, I'm going to be gone six, eight hours. you got to clean the house. And she, like I do, both of you guys know I'm a list maker. I have my to-do list and all that. She will, okay, I'm going to do this room. Then I'm going to do that room. I'm going to vacuum. Then I'm going to dust. Then I'm going to sweep. Then I'm going to mop. And she has this list of I'm going to do everything in this order. And I'll say, that's fine. Make your list, do your order. But I want the house cleaned when I get home. Do it. I don't care how you organize it, but do it. At Vandy, it's the list making over and over and over and over. And at some point, do it. Yeah, people are tired of that. Yes. So Candace is saying, well, this was just, this is just, 
This is the starting point. It's not the starting point. It's been the starting point 600 times before. That list is probably already in a filing cabinet somewhere. I'm sure we could go find sustain winning organization and deepen our yeah, community there impact. There really wasn't anything groundbreaking there. No, and she even said that. It's like, guys, this is just this is just kind of the early thing. We're going to... We're jumping on to the next thing. And by the way, they did announce there's going to be a locker room renovation in football. That was a positive to some. I mean, she said it's under $5 million. That's under not, $5 million is going to be done before the season starts. That's kind of underwhelming to me. You know, yeah. you, that you can do it that quickly and with that little of money. That's like, is it a renovation or is it just kind of a fix-up, a fixer-up job? But they could have announced that. Just that. And yeah. people are, are, are much happier. Yeah, just throw that out there and just say, hey, by the way, here's what we're going to do for football. Don't make it a big deal because that's not a big deal. But I, I, I do think the university turns the wheels here, and that's why I think I think the university thought if we put out this thing with big words and flowery language, people will look at it and be very impressed. It's got charts on it. It's got graphs. Charts with some ac- uh, athletic language in it, too. That's uh, right. Going for first downs, going for touchdowns. Oh, I, I love that. those. Yeah, they, they stoop down to our level on a couple of occasions in that. Yeah, one, one of my favorite uh, academic side, university side speaking on athletics was uh, Nick Zeppos, the chancellor, uh, when Bryce Drew got hired as the men's basketball coach. <laughs> Nick Zeppos said, Bryce Drew has uh, – he was a player in college. He was a player in the NBA, and he's been a coach in college. He's like the Forrest Gump of basketball. There's never been anybody else to do <laughs> and No, that. it's never been done. <laughs> it was, it was phenomenal. The guy played and coached in the same sport, and now he's coaching somewhere else in that sport. Wow. It was, but that, that's, the, that's that side of the university that you deal with. Athletics, I think, knows more about what they're doing. But I don't think they I don't think they drive the car over there. I'm, when we I'm I'm brought in here to to be the host for some because of my history or longevity, and I covered Vanderbilt from '93 to 2003. And when things bottomed out, I want to say in the Woody era, maybe the Dow Howe era football, they came up with a strategic athletic mission, and I'm going to find it for you so you can read it over and compare it because. Uh, uh, it was the same thing. Oh, it would be beautiful if it really was. Yeah, it may be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think it had the graphs and the charts because I don't think we had those means. And, you know, it uh, didn't have PowerPoint we back didn't have then. PowerPoint, yeah. Somebody probably drew it yeah. like in a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, You're not uh, going home until you find that. No, I'll find it. I'll find it for you in newspapers.com. But yeah, we, it was a big deal that Jimmy Davey and I, uh, Jimmy was kind of, he was a columnist here and he was kind of focused on Vanderbilt. And we had, you're the only person that really anticipated this thing. I didn't hear anybody, any buzz of anybody else talking about it coming out. But like for two podcasts, you mentioned it was going to be coming out pretty soon. But when this, when we got it, it had been touted for about a month, and it was a big, it was uh, highly anticipated. I think now the fans are like, yeah, another strategic plan. Well, so that's the past. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will talk about the future. Where does Vanderbilt go from here? Does the plan help? Has Candace Lee helped or hurt in her possibility being the AD full-time? We'll talk about that right after a quick break. Hey, guys, it's Adam Sparks. As a Tennessee and podcast listener, we have a special offer just for you. Unlimited digital access to our award-winning coverage for just $1 a week. That's a whole year of the most important sports stories with over 50% in savings. To sign up, go to tennessean.com forward slash podcast. And as always... Thanks for listening. Okay, so Candace Story Lee, 
possibly could be the athletic director. This was kind of her first big task to roll this out. Um, didn't didn't go terribly well, I, but I don't. As I said before, I don't think that's on her. I don't think that's her fault. I think she's the messenger that has to has to put this out there. But they're going to be looking for a full time AD. Could be Candace. Could be somebody else. They have not announced one way or the other. But I I do think she's harmed a little bit by having to carry out some things of her predecessor. And I don't think there's an easy way to look good uh, about that. There was little. There were some critical questions of her at the media availability the other day, at the uh, about the purpose of the athletic strategic plan. And again, Candace came out and answered every question. She answered emails, and uh, and this is her answering some of that criticism, both of reporters and also from fans. Today was really meant first step to talk about big buckets. I hear that everybody. So I, you know, I've gotten some emails today, and I've I've responded to every single one where people have said. Hey, well, we want to see actions behind words. Well, today was always going to be words because it, it was a strategy. Now the action begins, and I do want Commodore Nation to hold us to that. And so that information is to come. Okay, so the big takeaway out of that is where people have said we want to see actions behind words, well, today was always going to be about words because it's a strategy. Now the action begins. Again, Mike, people have heard that a lot. Now the action begins. Why now? Yeah. I mean, yeah. why, why now in this 2020? Yeah. In the SEC that's given you $40 million for TV contracts? Why now? Uh, you know. Well, well, and does the does the locker room renovation, to, does that, does that, I mean, that's action. So how much time does that buy you? Yeah. You know, do you say, well, hey, listen, we built something this year. It was the lock, or it was renovated the locker room or whatever they're going to do for under $5 million. Does that buy you another year? She even said in that same availability that there would likely be more announcements later this year, and they're confident they can roll some other announcements out. I just, at this point, I think people are pretty skeptical of what those announcements could be. I, I just think when you look at the SEC as a whole right now, and I've written this before, that there's been more money coming into the league and every other every other SEC school has invested that back more, some into other sports, but mostly into football. And, and you see, we asked Eric Mason in, in November uh, about the facilities and he made the point of bringing up Kentucky as a program that was pretty similar to Vanderbilt about four or five years ago. And Kentucky sunk a ton of money into their football program. They renovated their stadium, they built a new facility, practice fields, all this stuff. And when you look at them now, they won 10 games season before last. They just went to another – they've been to bowl games a few years in a row. Kentucky is clearly ahead of Vanderbilt now, and that was not the case for a long time. And I think you're going to see Vanderbilt be pretty settled at that number 14 spot in football in the SEC unless they get real serious about trying to play this facilities game because right now – they're not showing any interest in wanting to do this other than, as you said, the locker rooms, and that's really all we've heard. Uh, they're, they're going to fall behind in a major – they're already behind, way behind. You go to any one of 13 SEC schools and spend an hour looking at their facilities, their stadium, everything, and you know they are way behind. So the fact that the action starts now, I just it, – it doesn't – maybe this – maybe Candace gets all these projects done, maybe Vanderbilt – does these things that everybody feels like they need to do, but there's just not a lot of confidence in, in how this was rolled out, how it was explained. 
that they're really about to do it. Well, and, and a big obstacle, obviously, is fundraising. Um, Vandy Athletics does not finance projects. They want money up front. Um, so they have to take, and again, we kind of make fun of the language and all that of it. We're in the media business. We're writers. So we, we, we notice those things pretty quickly when something, when a lot of something is written and it says nothing, we, we tend to jump on it pretty well. But think about if you're a, if you're a, a booster, you give money to the university. If this is presented to you and said, hey, we've got to get, okay, words are behind us. Now we've got to get action. We've got to get money. We've got to build some stuff, and we need your money. People that can give that amount of money, they're investors. They look at products. They look at companies. They invest their money. If, if you were brought the opportunity to be an investor in a company and they said, hey, we've got a, we've got a way to use your money. We're going to invest your money. We're going to do it. But it's a secret. Yeah, it's a secret. But listen, we got a plan. We're going to show you this plan. We're going to take your money and we're going to maximize our full potential. We're going to take your money and we're going to deepen our community impact. Right? If you're an investor, you're looking at what does that mean? Yeah. Am I going to be able to sit in the stands and cheer as you deliver preeminent student athlete experience on Saturday? That should be a cheer. You know what's a preeminent student athlete experience? Win it. Go go win. You're going to have a lot more fun if you win in games. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, I think, uh, you know, I mean, what is it, PR, what does that matter? They've had a lot of PR hits over the years, but when you're trying to go and raise funds and this is what you're rolling out publicly, it's, it's, I think it's hard to go to people and say, we have an interim AD, we have an interim chancellor, but we've got this, we've got this plan here, and it's off surveys and all that. By the way, how many surveys have they done over the years? Oh yeah, they've done so many surveys. But I'm going to tell you, it's it's more and more difficult to do surveys with fewer and fewer fans, and they have lost, their fan base has dwindled. I used to tell people when I covered them that I felt like there was about twenty five thousand committed, devoted fans in town. That was like I said through two thousand two, two thousand three. I would say that number's down getting around ten or 12,000, and I use uh, football attendance uh, to back that up a little bit. That's a real problem, and, and I think that's one of the reasons the timing of all this is, is just not ideal. I mean, the athletic department's kind of a mess. You needed to send a signal that things were going to be different. and It increases the margin of error when, when the survey pool is, it does. Gets, gets smaller and smaller. But let, let me say this. If people looked at that survey or looked at that report – there's a there's a chart on there that says we did so many interviews with people the consulting firm did and it has media representatives on there. Well, full disclosure, I was one of those media representatives. I was, I think George Plaster was. I don't know if there were any beyond that, but it's a consulting firms do this with a number of people and some of the listeners that are listening now were probably part of that also. They called, I don't know, 100 and something people. Mine was when I was in Omaha covering the College World Series. They set up a call. They put you on a conference call. I don't know how many people are there. And they ask you a lot of general questions. Where I know they're doing their job, but it feels like a waste of time. What do you think the obstacles, sir, what do you think the obstacles are with the football program? Well, the stadium, the record, recruiting, it's a tough conference. Also, basketball program. What would you say the biggest obstacles in the – I mean, come on now. 
you're you're being paid by a university. At some point during my phone call, I wanted to flip it around and say, "Listen, I'll ask you the que- I've got better questions. I'll ask you the questions, and then I'll supply you the answers, and you turn that in on the report." I have a bias against consulting firms anyway, because I think they're one of these jobs that are a it's a subcontractor of a subcontractor of a subcontractor. It's a big waste of time, and it's people pretending to do a job. Now, search firms to find people and background checks; those are all useful, but. When you're paying people a whole lot of money to put general statements on a sheet of paper that you should already know, it's a waste of money. And that's the key, general statements. That's what this whole thing is, 17 pages of general statements. By the way, when I was called on, <laughs> when I was called on my interview, again, I was in Omaha. It was like 7 in the morning. I got on the phone call, and I guess I was muted on the call, and I could hear three or four people speaking. This is the consulting firm speaking and nobody spoke to me and about 20 seconds goes by and I hear a voice in this conference room they're doing this on says I don't even think he's here let's just scratch this one and move on <laughs> and then I waited for a second I said hello hello oh hey Mr. Sparks we are so happy today you're yeah your opinions are what we have been waiting all morning to hear Thank you so much. We couldn't do this report without you. So, you know, I mean, come on. It's That's tremendous. It's what 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 do you think the goals should be with an athletic department? That's 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 essentially what it is. Did you hear any positive remarks? I did not, but I'm not in the loop like you are. Did you hear anything positive like you know, this is at least they're working on something. At least you know they they, they are acknowledging because that's really the only thing they did was acknowledge there's a problem. I, I heard positive things about the fact that uh, Candace was transparent, as she says, and just telling people, giving people more information. I thought that was generally positive. Again, I thought it should have been less than seventeen. Well, she was pages. accessible, but not transparent. Accessible. That's right. Yeah. Um, she didn't. She still said hinted at all these things coming. I wouldn't say what they were. Right. And you should know that by now, unless you don't have the funds, which I don't think they do. And if you don't, then that's, I like that transparency. Well, to be honest, we haven't raised enough to do this. So we would like to do this, but right now we don't have that. The, yeah, they're, that, by, they're by far the, the least transparent in the SEC because they don't have to give them. M- most right. of the people that I've heard that have been positive about how they saw the strategic plan are people that want to make sure Candace Lee gets the job as AD. And even though they can be critical of the strategic plan, they don't want her to look bad in that because they think the the long-term win is having Candace Lee as the AD. And so they don't want to put this on her. And I think that's fair. And, you know, Candace may be a, may be a good choice for the AD. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll know in time if she does get it. But that's generally what I've seen. Most people that I've talked to around the program, and, and Gentry, you speak to people around the Vandy program, it was more of an eye roll. At it, an eye roll. Oh, I, yeah, that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. definitely. Like, oh, here we go again with yeah. this. Uh, but people that have defended it and said it's it's good. It's, there's some information in there. Most of those people that I know of are give Candace a chance. Giving Candace a chance. This is. I don't think this is Candace's fault. But again, her being um, her being judged by the university, I think maybe could be affected by how this went down. The common denominator of David Williams being criticized for not knowing what he's going to do and not getting anything accomplished, and Malcolm Turner not getting anything accomplished, and Candace Lee not getting anything accomplished. The common denominator there is the university they work for. Those are three ADs all trying to do the same thing, 
And the university is the common denominator. That's, and it's been the common denominator of going back 30 years. It's the I culture. Mean, yeah. I mean, I, I had a friend, a, a, a former women's basketball coach who stepped in as the athletics director for about, almost a year as the interim athletics director, who told me the school does not want success in its athletics programs because it makes it look bad for its academic programs. Well, if, they must if, hate Tim Corbin, then. I know they, 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 <laughs> seriously, they do. I, I mean, When I they think, won the national title, there was actually was from, faculty that said, oh, I don't like all this attention that, that the exactly. baseball program is getting with winning this national you title. Don't see, I, what I was told was that you don't see Ivy League schools getting this kind of attention for their athletics programs. We don't want that kind no, of you, athletics No, but you see Stanford, you see Duke, you see... And that's the difference, is that the university sees Vanderbilt as Harvard and Yale at the athletics department that wants to win sees them as Stanford and Duke. And, and that's Western, the, and yes, I you're think exactly right. That's that's the disconnect right there. I mean... And it's just athletics. I think that's the university stance. It's just sports. If people people may not remember this in the media, we we do. But when Malcolm Turner was hired as the athletics director, what a little over a year ago, he was the first AD since two thousand four, two thousand whatever. Whenever David got there and they reshuffled the athletics department, so that's a big deal. An SEC AD being hired, the first one hired in like fifteen years. And we ask for a press conference, not just us, but other media members, especially TV, that they need that video to show the AD's face and him talking. And the response from the university, not athletics, from the university, essentially was, why do you need a press conference? It's just an athletic director. Exactly. Like, are you kidding? That is so telling. It's just an, are you kidding? It's an. It's just an athletics director? Other schools in the SEC have like fan events to come and meet the AD and he's going to speak here and he's going to speak there. He's just an AD. We're not going to fly the guy in. Guys, during my term on the Vandy beat, toward the end, uh, that role was so looked down on so much that they did away with the athletics director. Yeah. At one point – after Todd Turner, they said, we're just not going to have an athletics director. We don't need one. We're just going to roll athletics into the campus, uh, I forget, student activity. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's like the head uh, of the umbrella. rec center. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, we've already got a guy that overlooks the rec center. That was the, one of the most honest things they'd have ever yes, done, by the way. Yes, because and, and that's how David got his job, because David – was he didn't have a background in athletics, but David was over student experience or something like that, right. and it fell under his umbrella, and he just so it just became another thing on his plate. But it was just another thing on his plate. And then after about two or three years, they said, "You know what? This is this is a lot of money for the school. Maybe we need to make David a vice chancellor." This isn't the rec center anymore. Right? Let, looked- let's make him. Let's say he's the athletics director too, and they brought it back. But yeah, there for about. Uh, two or three years, they said we don't need an athletics director. That we we put too much emphasis on the student athlete, and we don't need that. Well, I mean, that was the the that was the joke with the no no press conference there with Malcolm getting out because we did uh, we did a conference call. We did a conference I call that. with Malcolm and the chancellor at the time, Nick Zeppos. And so you've got a bunch of reporters that are reporting on the only new AD in the most powerful conference in college athletics who's going to make over a million dollars a year, and you've got him on a conference call pushing star one. So th- this, this question is for Malcolm. You know, I mean. He's co- it's, it's an out-of-the-box hire. He's come from the NBA. Right. And it was a fascinating hire. Really, it was a fascinating though. hire, and it was something to tout, and they put him on a conference call. Well, 
There you go. I mean, well, yeah. I'll say something positive because because no, I've not heard from anyone who stuck up for this plan. Okay. The, the people who were negative about what I wrote, we were negative to me because because I'm too negative. Right. But they didn't stick up for what Vanderbilt. But um, something positive, if nothing else, what what has occurred to me over the course of following this and, and hearing you guys is Tim Corbin has perhaps done as good a job as there has ever been in college baseball history to get that program where it is now. Everything if, if that happens over – all of these things that happen over there just, just reiterate and emphasize what a great job he has done considering the hurdle. Before he got the job – Vanderbilt baseball just kind of glided along. They said, "Do not, uh, uh, do not uh, break any rules. Stay within the confines of rules and try to be respectable. Uh, we can't compete with the number of scholarships we have and with the price uh, with the cost of our scholarships." And then Todd Turner came in and said, "You know what? I'm going to hire a guy and see what he can do." And he he, he hired uh, Tim Corbin, an assistant coach from uh, Clemson, and you see what he did. And uh, every time something like this comes out, it just reiterates what a great job that uh, Tim Corbin does. Yeah, if you notice, the $11 million baseball facility is in left field, past the left field wall. I think they did that because right field would be too close to McGugan Center and the rest of the athletic department. He put it as far away from the rest of the athletic department as he could and said, this is my entity of my program. Uh, I don't. Corbs would never say that. Uh, he's very, been very complimentary of it the athletic department, sh- but I, it, I think there's a there's a philosophy there of we can do it right. Let's be separate as we can. But it does show that if you do it right and you have the right people and you have the right support for the program, Vanderbilt can win big. Yes, it does. It does show that. You're right. And it, and it wins in uh, non-revenue sports where others are not competing in terms of money. You know, you, Nobody like really, really, really funds women's tennis. So on a level playing field, Vandy's a national title contender. Men's golf, women's golf, women's bowling, soccer, on down the list. It, you know, when there's when most things are even in terms of we're not going to spend a lot of money, y'all don't spend a lot of money, Vandy's really good. When it's we're going to spend a lot of money and Vandy, you're not going to, Vandy's going to lose. And that's, and that's the difference, and you've got to spend money, and they, they don't want to do that in those sports. And the SEC, is, again, is spending more and more money. It's an a, arms a lot, race. A lot more. It's getting in the last five years. It's it's getting extreme. And Vanderbilt is at a real risk here, and of of being falling hopelessly behind with their football program. And and I think I understand the academic aspect of that. I do. It's admirable in, in a lot of ways. And they clearly are different from the rest of the SEC on that. But you cannot have it both ways. At least not with football and probably men's basketball. You can't. You have got to care enough to to try to keep up because. I understand the Ivy League stuff, but those teams aren't having to play Alabama and Georgia in football. And your guys are, and, and, you know, they need your help. Yeah, nobody's coming down to you, that's for sure. Well, that'll wrap it up for this episode of Breaking Down the Doors. For Adam Sparks and Gentry Estes, I'm Mike Organ.